1: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com.
2: Why, why are you such a mess right now? <sighs> well,
3: um, I, oh, my butt, everything. I don't know. Since I when got, did I start getting, when did I start doing fitness again? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm so
3: uncomfortable all the time.
2: Here, okay. Same, man. You asked what I was wrong with me. Yeah. Hey, guys, by the way, welcome to Between the Reps, Brooke and Gina. All right, so now we're going to find out what's wrong with Brooke. What's wrong with you? I mean... So many things. The list of what isn't wrong with me is shorter.
3: (laughs) But what's wrong with me is I did a day... It was just training. Mm -hmm. Um, And I haven't been doing like... I mean, I train. We train. We usually do some sort of like strength thing, and then we do like either an imam or, you know, some sort of uh, workout that you have, you're breathing harder. Right. And then sometimes I've been doing like maybe I'll do like a workout with you, and then I might do the class MetCon or something like that. Um, or I, I'm going to be so honest with you guys, I will sort of cherry pick a little bit of the naked training program. Okay. And that's usually because I like to do something with you, and then I might do some things from my program, in addition to. Because working out with people is more fun than working out Somebody by myself. More fun, yeah. you know. I, agree. I have no problem working out by myself when I am training to compete, right? Because I'm just going to get my shit done. But
2: without having that
3: training, like to enjoy it, it's just it's just more and more more enjoyable with your buddy, for sure. With your best friend, yeah. With my homie, I know. With my life Same. partner. With a lover. Same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the rumor. With We Are Lovers. But I had to do, I didn't have to. Um, we are doing the fall challenge for naked. And they wanted me to do something on the YouTube channel before enrollment closes. And so I had Colby just for like a shorter video instead of trying to like, you know, piece a, a little piece into another vlog and or trying to get, you know, the next one up and rolling faster. I was like, right. let's just do. I'll do a day of... I'll do a, a training day. I'll do a shorter video. It'll come out. It'll be kind of vlog style, but really just like a it's for naked and then give a little information about the en- uh, enrollment and get people psyched. A little mini, mini so video. I... What the workout entailed was. It was uh, snatch triples, uh, working up to... It was like percentages, but for me, I... Just kind of went like through my warm-up and then slowly added weight, kind of just stuck with my, like, feel. I didn't want to, like, I wasn't going to push it too much. I wanted to make sure I was, you know, really just being realistic about where I'm at right. and how strong I am. Mm. So it was snatch dribbles, and then it was doing snatch pulls. And then it was uh, dumbbell single-leg RDLs with walking dumbbell walking lunges. Okay. Um, A lot of legs. So many rounds of those things. And then the Metcon was 12-minute AMRAP, I was like oh yeah no problem 12 minutes right yeah. but the rep scheme was low enough that it was like the first five minutes you're just gone. I was doing around a minute oh geez and that was even with me trying to not rush it because so it was 12 minutes of nine wall balls six overhead squats 85 pounds and three bar
2: muscle-ups now, see if I had been doing it, it would have taken a lot longer. But so what well, would have taken that's twelve minutes? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm twelve saying minute I'm right. It would have been taking me longer per round. Oh. Well, yes. see, like
3: I, I thought that, you know, that's
2: where you went wrong. You're I too fast. It.
3: Well, I, I went into it thinking, like, okay, oh, I haven't. I have no door. idea. It's probably a package. I have no idea. Um, I haven't done a muscle up bar or ring since before quarantine. I mean, I've just been. You know, there's no. There's real no reason for me to do it. And because it, it was a skill, but I've had like so much, you know, little tweaks and, and injuries with my shoulders. I just didn't want to get into those, you know, explosive sort of can be compromised positions if I'm just not ready for, for, no, it, reason. for no reason. Right. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to test those out before I do that movement in this workout. Did that. They were great. Awesome. Uh, obviously, my capacity in something like that for a workout. Would be lo- is lower than it used to be, which is fine. But mm-hmm. I could do them, and they felt good, so I was pumped on that. Then you had the overhead squats. The prescribed weight was 115 and 85, so it was 85 pounds for girls. And I, just stabilizing overhead, um, I, get, I start to feel super imbalanced, especially when I am fatigued in my arms mm-hmm. and with my nerve stuff. And so I was a little bit hesitant, but I was like, no, I'm going to do, I'll do the 85 pounds, and I'm just going to take my time. you know transition to that and then just move nice and slow and controlled and I did that I did that for the whole obviously 12 minutes but I just remember after the first round going into the second I finished the first round and I look up and it was like one minute and I was like oh fuck (laughs) I gotta do this 11 more times 12 (laughs) minutes and Colby's filming and I'm thinking like you know have these thoughts going through my head too this is probably why I lost track of what number like what round I was on (laughs) because I'm thinking man, he's filming and this really isn't that complex of a workout and you need to suck it up and don't look like a total puss. I was going to say bitch. Yeah, bitch. "Bitch." But it was good and uh, it made my lungs burn and I was a sweaty mess. Mm. But just like all of the leg stuff too and then that, I remember I was trying to get out of there and I was just like, I mean, Colby's watching me. (laughs) I'm just like, Ah, fuck! Ugh. like trying to like recover because my lungs were on fire.
2: Isn't it funny how we beat our chests too Dude, to like I get just it back? It. Yeah, <laughs> it's like when you hurt yourself and you roll around on the ground like that's gonna help. You never do that. Yeah, oh, just I, drop yeah. to the ground, just go like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: but yeah, and I, you know, as I recovered, I was, you know, you enjoy it. Like I'm proud. Mm-hmm. You know, it felt good, but at the same time too, I'm just like, man i went to the crossfit games <laughs>
2: <laughs> i love you
3: no i did uh, no i know I, was there. I did and i did great job you did a great job but uh it was fun yeah it was hard it was great Good. and as I finished I was like "Kobe, that's what the people want to see they want to see me just suffering suffering I know. <laughs> through workouts that are it's like a uh, world out that there. are are glam like are fancy because they have movements like muscle ups in them they, yeah it was a win for me I did muscle ups didn't hurt myself didn't even tear my hands that's one thing I was worried about I was yeah. like I don't want to tear my hands you just I get did a lot that of, recently they're just still healing from I the got last a, time. I get a lot of torque on the bar when I'm doing some the- twerk some twerk, on the bar. some twerk on the bar twerk on the bar when I'm doing bar muscle-ups or like butterfly p- butterfly pull-ups mm-hmm. it's almost like my hand re-grips the bar every single time so it's just constant like sort of rubbing oh yeah that's why I I get little blisters and uh people would say why don't you wear hand wear grips? gloves wear grips and I would and the thing is I didn't even think to you know try and find them in my storage because I'm moving uh I didn't know I was doing bar muscle-ups until I got to the gym. Then I looked at the Metcon. Plus, now you have some battle scars, you know? Dude, I'm you covered. scars. I'm covered in battle yeah. wounds. <laughs> All right, enough about me. <laughs> um, we have a guest you guys, today. We have a guest today, and we're actually going to call her, and we're going to Skype her. Her name is Brooke Gehan. I'm, I'm guessing that's how you pronounce it, G-E-A-H-A-N. Uh, we had talked about having her on the podcast. She was in a segment on Unwell. The show yeah, on I was trying ne- to remember what show the name on on Netflix, Netflix. of it was. Yeah. And she's our bee lady. She's the bee lady, guys. She has a place called The Heel Hive. Um, and she works with bee venom. And from, well, obviously, we just are going to have her share her whole personal story and what she's doing with The Heel Hive now. But a big thing that we learned about watching her episode was using bee venom for things like Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yep.
2: Yeah. I believe so. So we're really, know, we are memory, so. really
3: excited to have her on the podcast. Um, we've been planning this and trying to put it together for a little while. So hopefully, too, I've actually spoke with her about us going up to
2: visit the heel hive. We are we going to wear bee suits. I hope so. Oh, dude. <laughs> so fun. I feel like I, I feel like, I, like an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's like no there's actually gravity you can walk just <laughs> fine and we're just over there making the sound
3: <laughs> yeah so keep an eye out on my youtube channel if you guys are watching this you're already on it you're gonna see it if you're listening to it follow me on youtube like and subscribe people like and
2: subscribe right, we're gonna
3: call I'm her calling her let's do it i always we're like the gonna... little song
2: <gasps> hi
4: hi how are you ladies great how are you Good, 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 good,
3: good. Okay, so we did like a little intro for you. Um, and I just want you to pronounce your, I'm going to pronounce your last name, but then correct me if I'm wrong. Gihan.
2: Gahan. Gahan. Oh, you were so wrong. Ah, oh, I was wrong. Hey, There's that's only right. two choices. Do people. You
3: made the wrong one. Do people like mispronounce that often? Constantly. Okay. Yeah. I mean, people mispronounce my last name too. And I'm like, it's four letters. I know that is weird. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's pretty simple, and but it's I all the have time. A
4: question for you: How what? How do I pronounce your last name? Ents. Ooh. Ents. Ents.
3: Yeah. What did you yeah, think? Ents. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yes, no, that's what people say. <laughs> that's it. That's the that's the go to.
2: And here I'm over here like no. what idiot was <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Me. What? Yeah,
4: no.
3: The e is silent. <laughs> hey, but we have the same name and the same spelling.
4: The best name. Oh, yeah. You know the verb, Brooke, means to endure? Stop. Oh, well, that makes sense. Dude, okay. I endure some it stuff. Like I endured, endured some like stuff. A, a massive, basically to endure an endurance. Huh. So we, we do have a powerful name. I'm a big fan. That makes sense.
3: I'm so happy you shared that with me. I had no idea. I don't know what my name means. Which version of it? Gina or Gianna? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think if you pronounce
2: it, I think it's, it's uh, different. Uh, Gina is... um. I don't know. Frightened. Gina is... Uh, Frightened one. Gina means to self-preservation. self, self uh, preservation. Self-preservation or lazy. <laughs> That's probably it. No. <laughs> Terrified. <laughs> Terrified. We recently uh, took
3: uh, the Enneagram test. Have you done that?
4: I've never done that, no. But I, I listened to your podcast on it. Oh, you oh. did? Oh, so well, you know that uh, she's
3: so now you know what we of, are. You know she's scared of, scared everything. of everything then.
4: <laughs> well... You know, it's just the
2: season. Twenty twenty is not a season not to be scared of something. Right? I know it doesn't no. really help us with anxiety, does it? No, no. No, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> we're in a really bad place.
3: Okay, so we we mentioned to everyone how we how we found you on your show on Netflix, which is so cool. And I heard
4: my-
3: yeah, for um, obviously we know nothing about.
2: Well, except for of, what we saw on the yeah, yeah the use
3: of bee venom and so we would just we think that not only are we interested in learning about what you do and how you got into it um and maybe what you're doing now with heel hive but i think our listeners will love it so well, if you want to just take it away it
4: because we can just get into you know all the details and we can go as scientific or we can talk about just you know all the anecdotal evidence with all the people that are getting better with it, um, but yeah, it's it. I really credit B Venom with saving my life, and I don't mean that it just saved my life. I was literally on death's door when I found it, and I was consistently hospitalized. Um, and right before I really delved into it, I was I ended up fighting for my life in the ICU from sepsis from um, a Lyme treatment that basically caused my body to completely, um, break apart. Um, so for uh, me, the fact that I am here today, beyond healthy, super active, helping hundreds of others around the world, um, learn about bee venom therapy, really every single day. I just want to pinch myself. It just seems unreal. Uh, I'm, I'm healthy and healed. And when I was at my worst with Lyme disease, I was in a wheelchair. I couldn't remember my own name. I would get lost, I had basically a version of dementia. Um, I really didn't think that there was a future ahead. So the fact that every day that I'm here, healthy, hiking, active, with obviously, you know, somewhat of a brain, right. um, <laughs> yeah. I'm so grateful. So yeah, and the bees are just an extraordinary medicine that is being researched all over the world for its incredible benefits. It's a powerful antibacterial. It has been shown in studies to outperform antibiotics compared to antibiotics and even layered antibiotics, like multiple antibiotics at once. Um, it's a powerful antiviral. They're using it against HIV, against herpes. They believe that they can actually create a gel that will protect women from rape in Africa with bee venom, that it basically kills sperm while also killing HIV, which is just a game changer, right? Wow. What can the lady bees not do. Isn't that extraordinary? Yeah. And then um, it's also a powerful chemotherapeutic agent. So um, Australia just announced that they did a huge research project with breast cancer, and they found that within 20 minutes, bee venom killed breast cancer cells. But not only that, it stopped the breast cancer from metastasizing by communicating to other breast cancer cells to grow. So it basically is a game changer for breast cancer. And the list goes on and on. It's also a powerful anti-inflammatory, immune modulator. Um, it is. It is truly. Um, I, you could almost say a, a multi-spectrum, you know, piece of medicine we have at our hands.
2: Wow, that's insane.
3: You know what's even like, like? Whoa. Well, even more insane is uh, how you just, without like without us watching your your show on Unwell, it's like you wouldn't hear about it. No. Unless, unless, like, you were at a point where, like, that's where, you know, because you are personally going through something and you've, like, you're constantly researching because nothing's working, nothing's working, and you come across it. But that's such, it's such valuable information for people that don't even need it, but you may have someone you know that needs it or for future
4: I- you know, I think that that is a interesting idea of why don't we know more about it? I think it speaks to a broken medical system. I think it speaks to how lobbyists are able to control, you know, um, how we, the money we put into research in America. Most of the research in bee venom, including research that shows that it can reverse infertility are being done, you know, in places that are not the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, the medical system here is owned and operated by pharmaceutical industries that um, are the ones that basically put the money behind the research dollars. So for holistic modalities that are impossible to patent, which is bee venom itself, um, and you can patent the different aspects of bee venom. You could take out the antibacterial, the antiviral, the chemotherapeutic. The problem is is that what we've seen in many studies is that it's the actual live bee venom that actually works the best because it's full of all of these complex peptides. Um, and I know you, you guys probably know a lot about peptides from you know especially Brooke what you do and um, peptides are very unstable and they they degrade really easily so they're very very hard to replicate and to keep stable for people to let's say inject them or in, imbibe them in some way so the best way of getting a beef out therapy pretty much um, is through live beef so why would any industry put so many millions of dollars that it would require so for example Um, I've calculated that it would take about $56 million for us to do an FDA-recognized human study on bee venom. Who's going to pay for that in America? Definitely not anyone, unless you're a philanthropist.
3: Yeah, no no one's going to do it unless they can capitalize on it, which you can't. Sadly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
4: that is how it is. But what we can do is encourage people to research and Mm -hmm. to understand it, and we can look towards you know, research projects outside of the States that are putting money and dollars behind Bee Venom. And with enough, you know, um, support on the ground with people that are saying, this is changing my life, um, you know, movements can happen. And that's what I hope to build is a strong movement of people that are showing that this is saving their lives, working for them, and um, build that movement from the ground up.
2: Uh, how How did you find out about it? I mean, we watched the show, so we kind of heard the story, but for our listeners.
4: Well, you know, I was, first of all, not that into this idea of bees. Um, I was desperate. I was incredibly sick. I had been a, you know, hard charging New Yorker with a really big life before I got sick. And so I wasn't going to mess around with holistic modalities. So I actually was first introduced to it because I ended up at a you know, chronic illness clinic, Lyme clinic in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And a girl there had introduced me to this woman who stung people with bees. And I was desperate at the time. And I went there. And there was a lot of like feathers being waved and palo santo and, you know, incense. And it was all this talk about this mystic bees. And I don't disagree with her. I think bees are incredibly mystical. But at the same time, I wasn't in the right place. And then I got stung. I went deeply into some sort of, you know, I started getting hives and started feeling panicky. I don't know yet if it was because I was, I had just come out from six hours of, you know, intensive IV antibacterial treatment. I was on like antibiotics and antiparasitical IVs that day. So it was probably too much for my body. I shouldn't Mm -hmm. have done it to begin with, but there was no one there with like a medical degree being like, ah, stop, you know, this is not the right way to do it. And so I was turned off by it and I just thought, this is too woo. Woo. This is crazy. Live bees. I wasn't given any of the scientific, you know, background on it. So I just dismissed it for two more years. I ended up basically slaughtering my savings account. I had nothing left. Um, my veins had given up because I'd basically been on IVs just to function for two years at this time. And they put a port in my heart. So a port for people who aren't familiar. Is this device, which they attach to your heart that allows you to get an IV therapy directly in when they can't access your veins anymore. They use it with chemotherapy and stuff Mm -hmm. um, all the time. So I had a port put in and my parents had flown in to help me through the recovery of the surgery. And that was a time that I had to say to my parents, well, you know, we were at a restaurant about three days after the surgery and I hit them up for cash for the first time. And I said, I didn't want to tell you this, but I'm out of money. My dad is like, you know, how much do you need, kid? Right. And I said to him, I was like, well, it depends, you know, what's going on, what the doctors think that, that week, that month I need. He's like, well, how much did it cost you last month? <clears throat> $10,000.
2: Oh, wow. My
4: parents are wealthy and you should have seen their eyes. And my dad's like, you haven't gotten better for two years. Why should I pay this? This is not working. None of this is working. Right then, a nurse from the clinic walked in. And I was desperate to convince my dad. I said, Dad, that's one of the nurses from the clinic. She had a really bad Lyme. She's totally fine now. She's like on her feet, working 10 hours a day. It's just a matter of time. We just have to keep going at this. Like, you know, I know that there's very few people that ever get better, but I promise you, like, I'll be the one. And my dad was like, I don't know about that. So he went marching up to her and he said, you know, I hear you work at this clinic that my daughter's going to. I haven't seen her get better. She says, you got better. How did you get better? pause a deep pause my dad is pretty as and he's like you didn't get better from this place did you she's like well i have three children i'm a single mom they pay my health insurance and my dad was like you get better and she's like "Bee venom," and he goes tell me about it and so we sat with her and she basically explained you know the bee venom and how she had used it to cure her chronic Lyme disease and you know my father was like why didn't you tell me about this and I was just like, well, I tried it. It didn't. It seemed weird. It didn't seem to work. She went through kind of more the scientific aspects of how it works and how you can be safe with it. Um, and my father then asked her, he's like, well, how much does this cost? She said, well, once you learn how to do it and you go through the proper safety precautions and you know, like you're on the right program for it to support your healing, basically free. I mean, especially if you you know find a beekeeper. My dad said free. He's like, that's what you're doing. You're doing. <laughs> It was because my dad which I think everyone listening is like, Yep, that's my dad. Um, that's the reason. Because I ran out of money and my dad is <laughs>
2: Perfect. Well it works. It yes. works.
5: Thank God right. you ran out of money.
1: Download the free Angie mobile app today, or visit Angie.com. That's A N G I.com.
2: What would you say to the people that that feel like, well, you shouldn't be killing the bees?
4: Well, most of those people never actually are beekeepers or understand bees. Mm-hmm. Um, you speak to a beekeeper, and I've never met a beekeeper that doesn't understand um, what we do and doesn't support it. First of all, bee venom therapy supports beekeepers. And one of the things that a lot of people that don't really quite understand is that pesticides, Roundup use, glyphosates, kill massive amounts of bees all the time, every day. So you could have full colony collapse if you have a beehive a mile away. If one of those bees lands on a flower, picks up some of the Roundup glyphosate pesticides, brings it back to the hive, just one bee bringing that back can create colony collapse. Collapse and kill 10,000 bees in one day. Wow. So, for beekeepers to keep bee populations really healthy, they need lots of land and they need lots of that land to be organic. They need to be far away from these farms and farmlands that use um, glyphosate. 90% of our farmland in America uses glyphosate. So, that's really hard to carve out these pure, pristine places. So, you know, with that in, in mind, To have healthy, natural beehives, we need to support beekeepers to be able to have this land, purchase more land, and that's what bee venom therapy does. Another aspect I always say to people is you don't really understand bees until you spend time with a beehive, but a healthy beehive loses up to a 1,000 bees a day. And the queen bee actually has this amazing um, knowledge of how many bees don't come back to the hive per night, and so she creates the eggs of the baby bees that exactly match how many bees they lost that day. So it is a sustainable practice as long as you have a healthy hive. Um, And there's, you know, obviously every bee that we've ever used, I've ever taught anyone to use that, you know, people use to sing themselves. We say a prayer, we say, you know, we give our gratitude. It's truly when something saves your life and you have lived your life for sometimes years in pain and misery, just every day, having suicidal ideation, just trying your best just to get through that day. When you have a bee change your life and you're walking and talking and you have hope and you have a future again, I can guarantee you no one loves bees more than those people in which their lives have been saved from bees and they do everything to protect them, including myself. Right. That's so cool.
2: I I know. Hey. What?
3: I think that bees would be good. Good for you as you get older. for me? For your your memory. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: I'm like, why me? (laughs) For your memory. We had a beehive growing up. You did? Yeah. Yeah. My mom was, um, she was super, we had the smallest like uh, uh, property. I mean, it wasn't very big. Yeah. It was a small lot. And my mom decided that she wanted to raise bees. So she had a bee suit. And she would go out there, but like everything, she would always get something and then not really know what she was doing. <laughs> and so we used to make a joke that we couldn't play outside at all because there was like, there was a goat outside that would buck, you know, come up and like run you over in the backyard and a bunch of ducks. So there was duck poop everywhere. And then she raised bees. So we'd get stung <laughs> by the bees. So your mom sounds awesome. She, she
3: is. my parents, and my parents, uh, neighbors, he's, he has a big, huge beehive and he has an Instagram or not Instagram, sorry, a YouTube channel where he's been doc, actually, no, it hasn't been on YouTube. He's been making videos. And I think, um, sharing it through his Facebook, my dad's neighbor, Okay. Uh, of his story of the beehive from like the moment he first built it and oh, awesome. like just this whole process and the building that he has it in, it's almost like an observatory sort of like one side of it. You can see into it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So every time I come home, my dad will like either, if he's uploaded a new uh, bee video, we'll watch it, see what the bees are doing.
2: You <laughs> see know what the bees where are they're doing? at.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Very and, uh, cool. Yeah. It is, it is. That's actually something I've always been interested in trying, not maybe doing it myself, but like being able to go and wear the suit. Yeah. We want to wear the and suit. And experience the bees. We were talking about how we're going to come visit you.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a, you know, a wine country trip in your future to come play with the bees, see them in their element. Because once you do, I'm telling you, it's it's something that changes you. Once you really get to know, just, you know, they come back and they have these little pollen pans, they're called. So they gather pollen, they put them into these like little balls on the back of their legs, and they literally look like big jawed furs. And you can see how what kind of flower that they've gone to, whether they have like purple pants or white pants or bright red pants, and you just see them come back in and they're just so industrious and just, you know, they work together in such a beautiful way. So I think cool. that's, you know, a lot of wisdom to be learned from the hive. Yeah. For sure. That
2: would be how, uh, so now do you, so how long ago was it that you felt like you were cured from I mean, is that, is that what you would call it is cured from Lyme disease or do you still have to continue to, or it, you to man, uh, managing, to manage it or yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just not very. No, I don't have to manage.
4: So, I'll, so they, doctors say that there's no cure for late stage Lyme disease. However, I have never had any type of test come back positive for Lyme, not even for one band. So the way that Lyme tests go is that they look at these bands and you might, actually be told that you don't have a positive test because you only have one or two bands and that, you know, creates some controversy with how many bands that I had when I was at my sickest. Those antibodies you're supposed to continue to have the rest of your life. I have never shown them again. Really? So, I, I consider myself cured because of that and because I'm completely symptom free. Also, one of my first symptoms was getting melanoma cancer. So, what one of the things that Lyme does is that it really really decreases your immune system. So one of my first symptoms was that I, from a healthy, active person, ended up spotting a a mole, went into my doctor, had it checked. They were like, that's nothing. That's a little freckle. I just had a weird feeling. And I was like, can you just take a biopsy? They did. It came back as the most aggressive melanoma there is. Um, They said, you know. So aggressive you could have easily missed it we almost missed it um, two months later you would have been in chemo so wow. I then wow. ended up having three more melanomas after that and then cervical cancer um, as I was starting to have these really really weird symptoms like um, passing out uncontrollably I, but I, at the time I was traveling between London and New York and I was always jet-lagged and so I'd be baking, you know making eggs in the morning and pass out and my boyfriend at the time would be like that's weird call the ambulance and then they'd be like you're fine so I didn't realize that passing out controllably was a form of partial orthostatic syndrome um, that comes, it's a comorbidity with Lyme disease. So that was one of my issues. I started getting really, really bad migraines that were so severe that I go blind. But, you know, I rollercoasted in and out of these symptoms. So when the cancers came, I just thought, whoa, I'm just working too much. I'm too stressed. But I was way too young. Um, and then when I finally got this again, um, I, so all these started after our first tick bite. And then when I for about two years and then I got bit again, when I got bit again, I was still functional. I was running a magazine in New York. I was really active. I played tennis that day, woke up the next morning with a tick bite, saw the bullseye. At that point, I become much more aware of Lyme disease. And I I was already suspicious. I probably had, you know, you know, a mild form of it anyway. And so I ran to the doctor, got put on antibiotics, never went back to my my office, never got out of bed for basically two more years because. When I took the antibiotics i already had raging lyme disease i just didn't know it oh. it had never been caught so when i took the antibiotics in i was so sick that even it wasn't even the first tick it wasn't the second tick bite it was the antibiotics were basically causing massive toxic overload because of the fact that i already had raging lyme disease that every single doctor missed um from the minute that um i still had multiple i had one more melanoma case and one more case of cervical cancer always caught early and why I was treating um, Lyme disease with all the other modalities. And from the moment that I started B venom therapy, I've had not a single occurrence of either. Wow. Um,
2: And So how long ago was that that you, you, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. How long ago was that that you, um, that you consider yourself cured?
4: Oh, so I, a solid three years. Oh, wow. Yeah.
2: That's a long time. That's yeah. so insane. So
4: I don't live in an endemic area. Um, I mean, there's still Lyme is everywhere. Lyme is in every country, every every state in America. However, if I was still living back east, um, where there's you know some areas in New Jersey and Maine and New York where literally they found ninety percent of the ticks have some sort of infectious disease, would I continue singing? Probably. In Sonoma, where it's dry, where there's, you know, only about 20 to 30% of ticks have an infectious disease, and I don't spend a lot of time, like, walking through long grass. Do I, would I do any maintenance? No. But for members of the heel hive that, you know, live in endemic areas, I say once we, once you feel like you're done and set, then I would at least during, you know, tick season, high season, um, continue singing. And I recommend that for everyone. If i may be so bold to go into telomere length. I don't know if you ladies have ever spoken about that on the pod, but telomere length is basically a way for scientists to figure out how, how old we
2: are. How yeah, old, I was going to say, I old don't old even know what that yeah. is. <laughs> We're not that smart.
4: We're born DNA. Our DNA, in order to replenish ourselves, becomes copies of the original DNA, like a Xerox machine. As those copies get copied, like any Xerox that gets copied of a copy of a copy, it becomes in telomere length, the DNA strands become shorter and shorter. They can measure how much we're aging by how long our telomere length is. Radiation, exposure to stress, bad diets, not exercising, all these types of things can shorten telomere length. So um, the, I believe it was Taiwan, Taiwanese did a study on beekeepers and their telomere length. What was so fascinating is they found that they had twice the length of the normal populace so that meant that they are actually aging twice as
2: slow. I
4: mean, like half as half as slow as um, everyone else. And
2: on top of that, I know. I'm like, out. I'm gonna, st- I'm gonna get beehive. I'm just gonna start stinging myself Dude, just for that. Just be- for the I aging I will become factor. a beekeeper <laughs> for- to make to sure alive. I can keep you alive. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's insane.
4: And then, they found out that they they then started talking to beekeepers that also ingested the honey, the propolis, which is a resin that the bees make to protect their hive from like viruses and fungi, um, and, uh, bee pollen and royal jelly. And they found out that the beekeepers that both ate and ingested the whole hive and used the whole hive plus got stung by bees had three times the telomere length.
2: Wow. So, right?
4: Whoa. So it's
3: Looks like we're booking a trip to Sonoma. <laughs>
2: How often do we I'm, need to come up there? I'm 20 years older than her, so she's just trying to keep me around.
3: Listen, we've had conversations, Brooke, about, <laughs> this is this is kind of really, really creepy, but this is a real deep dive view into our who we are, about, you know. The way our minds work. Basically, having to uh, taxidermy her.
2: <laughs> yeah, she's going to taxidermy me.
3: So I can like, we could keep doing the podcast and I could just have her here. <laughs> i'll be so you're gonna so be like
2: a ventriloquist <laughs> <Just laughs> no
3: see all these buttons we'll just record some of pre-record? your sayings i'll pre-record okay. you
2: yeah i'll do it okay
3: now we don't need to we're just gonna do some bee stuff No,
2: that's that's crazy
4: yeah, i say bee singing is much better than being taxidermied
2: probably <laughs> yeah, probably I, I, I mean i would <laughs> if i can gain f- enjoy that gain a than... few extra
3: years out of you
2: <laughs> that's what you're gonna do i won't I taxidermy
3: it. you so um Gosh, how it, often? How often would you say, uh, someone would want to be? I guess st- okay, yeah. stinging, stinging themselves? just like for health reasons. Maybe not for mm-hmm. Lyme disease, but if you were gonna do it for just like an overall health, and then also I guess ingesting things
2: like uh, the entire hive. <laughs> well, you probably wouldn't just suggest people to just go out and do it, right? I liked what I liked a lot about when I watched the the show, is that you. Made sure that people, and you can probably talk about a little bit more about what yeah, what, what you, you do, at do at like the when Hill you travel Hive. and and do all that. But I really loved that you you make sure that people are under a doctor's care and all of that because obviously you don't know if you're allergic to to bee venom or whatever. And I think that that's really responsible. And I I like seeing when people have uh, whatever you called it, Lyme disease. No, the modality the. Uh, Holistic modality. Holistic modality. Thank you. I was like, Sorry, what? I told you are I'm you not that smart, about? but I I like that when people kind of go down that that just to ignore science completely or to just encourage that without um, wanting people to be under a doctor's care it seems irresponsible to me. So I love that you guys do that.
4: Oh, it's it's at, first of all so that we can fully make sure that the members of the heel Hive are truly progressing. You you know you can't do that with guessing. You have to do that with testing. And I just think that one of the biggest problems in America is just there's not comprehensive testing, and doctors are not really taught how to comprehensively test unless you have the means to invest tens of thousands of dollars in these concierge integrative doctors. And really, you know, it's at our fingertips the ability to test, you know, for autoimmune diseases and vitamin deficiencies and. You know, infectious diseases that can really play a part in autoimmunity. So many people don't even realize they have celiac disease, which is causing their hypothyroidism or their migraines or their psoriasis, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, because they were never properly tested. So we employ a leading Lyme doctor. She's actually Justin Bieber's doctor. So if anyone saw that <laughs> Bieber documentary, she's on there, Dr. Erica Lehman, and she is also a leading Lyme specialist. Um, and so she does all of our testing. It's so important that our members stay safe. Um, This is a modality in which we are teaching them. So we don't do the online, we don't do the retreats anymore in person. Um, We had already way, way after that um, Netflix documentary Unwell was shot, we had already stopped doing it because we had so many people come to us wanting to start with a heel hive that said, I'm bedridden. This is so unfair. You know, I need this most of all. I can't get out of bed or I'm in Norway or I'm in Brazil. Like, Mm -hmm. how do I this. So way before the pandemic, I had already decided to completely turn into an online educational platform. So I was a bit of a head of the game. Before <laughs> yeah, <February 2020. laughs> You
2: knew something uh, we didn't. So we're,
4: yeah, we're completely online now. And, um, you know, we do comprehensive medical testing to make sure that people are not one, have, you know, horrible B allergies, but two, a lot of people think that they have a bee allergy, but they just didn't realize they were living in high mold environments or they had digestive disorders that might have raised histamine in their blood. They need to get under control. So we really make sure that there's no roadblocks for, you know, in the journey because it's not an easy journey when you're empowering yourself to take health into your own hands. You know, like anything, like getting fit, like working out, you it requires accountability every single day, and that's not easy. We're not really taught that in schools, right? To be accountable and to show for ourselves. So it's really creating a mindset of empowering these individuals to take healing into their own hands. And also, you know, depending on how sick they've been, it can take two or three years of constant singing. And a diligence is something that we have to teach. And it is helped when you have comprehensive medical testing through CDC-recognized labs, not like fancy boutique labs that you're like, what is this? I'm paying Mm -hmm. out of the pocket, but that insurance pays for, and you're like, yep, this is what's happening with me, and I have a roadmap. So I try and make everything very prescriptive and very simple, because people don't need to be, you know, guessing how long, or where am I, or is this really working? Most people, luckily, fortunately, feel a lot better once we prep them for success, and they begin. Um, And that is a process of Comprehensive testing, and then about three months of training with a psychologist, a trauma supervisor, someone who's a trauma expert. You don't come into sickness or any type of illness just perfectly, you know, as a perfectly formed human. We all come with traumas, and then the trauma of the PTSD of chronic illness also plays a huge part in people being roadblocked from having success in any type of modality. So we handle that. We bring in a nutritionist. We make sure that they understand diet and really eating right and circadian rhythm and like getting vitamin D all of these basics that you're like yeah 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 I know about that or you've read about it, or you've seen it on Instagram posts but you have to be put together in a really prescriptive easy to follow step-by-step way and so that's what we do um and that's really the secret to our sauce
3: honestly I feel like you and I aside from the fact that we don't have Lyme disease could benefit from just taking that course <laughs> I know I know,
2: I know. <laughs> It's true. (laughs) I'm like, oh, there's like a psychological review, uh,
3: (laughs) all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. So if if someone's signing up or um, I guess joining and they're, you know, living somewhere different, you know, international or whatever, when it comes to them needing to maybe locate like a beekeeper or, you know, for the actual medicine, is that something that you guys in different areas, you've already kind of located areas or um, where, you know, where you can send them or
4: luckily, beekeepers are in nearly every place around the world. Even the most remote locations, there's bees. Um, You know, I always say to people, my favorite thing about choosing this modality is the fact that, you know, barring really, really cold weather, it's at your fingertips wherever you are. So when I was still healing, I was invited to go to a wedding and I was gone in Europe for three weeks. You know, before I used to literally carry around a suitcase of IV bags and supplements. I mean, not a small one, not a little wheelie on that you bring on board, like a large suitcase of medicine. I got to go to Europe about, you know, a year and a half into my treatment with just a pair of tweezers and my EpiPin. Um, and that's all I had to bring with me. And we're in Italy, a the coast, and I'm just like, oh shit, forgot to sting. You know
2: he's like, just out see, like, catching bees <laughs> like,
4: and, like literally go to like a lavender bush rosemary bush and just grab them and then people would stop the times be like oh what's going on and I tell them they're like, oh yeah my grandmother did that the most amazing thing about traveling through europe and doing bee stinging why you're traveling and just like stopping by the side of the road is how many europeans are like oh yeah my grandmother used to do that my grandpa used to do that for his like joints so it is a modality that actually if you speak to people outside of America, pe- not everyone thinks it's as weird as we do here. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. It <laughs> is so
3: cool.
2: And then you see it's so funny it's because so you see cool. so many people trying to avoid being sting stung. Almost <laughs> well, stinged. Stung. Being stung. Yeah. <laughs> well
4: Well, I think people mistake wasps for bees all the time. Mm-hmm. When you are a beekeeper, it's really hard even when you're beekeeping to you see the, the difference between distinguish the difference between a wasp and a bee. Um, they almost look alike. The difference is if there's something that's surrounding you while you're eating, that's dye-bumming you during a picnic, that's a wasp. Bees want nothing to do with you. One of the, I mean, surprises most of our members find when they start singing is when they begin, they can't get the bee to sting them. They're literally like, bringing the bee to their skin. And the bee is like, "Nope, can I use, you know, would like a flower, please. Right. It's like- Wasps are just vicious. And bees just, you know, they're, they're not haters. They just want to pollinate.
3: So I probably got stung right by my vagina by a wasp. Probably. Most likely. <laughs> that happened. We were eating burritos. That's what happens when you wear short shorts, man. That wasp dive-bombed <laughs> into my vagina.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not inside. No,
3: right next to it, though. Yeah, I think I still oh, might have a mark right here. We were standing there, and there was, you know,
2: I we didn't were eating. really, I didn't
3: really. Why well, I wasn't eating it? Remember, I was oh, on the yeah. phone. Yeah, and I was just standing there, and I didn't really notice it like swarming around me or anything, but I had seen one, and then I felt this little pinch, and I was like, oh, and it just got bright red and burned like a mother, <laughs> yeah. and I thought it was a bee, but it was probably a wasp. I almost got yeah, your vision. Yeah, good to know.
2: Don't burn the <laughs>
3: I love that you just let even just uh, the idea of knowing that if it's something that is dive bombing your food or swarming around
2: you, you can call it a wasp. Yeah. We call them yellow jackets. Yeah. Yeah. Meat. You guys were calling them meat bees. Well, those are meat bees. <laughs> yeah, they were <call> them. <laughs> those are ros- Yeah, meat bees. Love meat. Oh, yeah. man.
3: We Be-
4: do not. They like honey, they like <laughs> sweet bees. <laughs>
3: Yeah, we. I don't. I didn't start calling them meat bees. I think it was a Tommy. Oh, I was somewhere where they were. They were everywhere, and they're like, "Oh, those are meat bees." The now meat they're bees. just
2: called meat bees. <laughs> 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 I keep telling her I was like no, it's a yellow jacket.
3: Now it's a meat bee. So much so that uh, Daniel. So for my birthday, we, we did a little girls glamping trip, and a friend of our, na- our friend of ours, Natalie and her husband Sam, have been like building, putting together on their property, this glamping property. It's awesome. And a lot of
2: wasps, a lot of them there. Yeah, a lot. Well, she Especially kept bringing out these beautiful charcuterie, charcuterie platters trays. with tons of meat and cheese and all this stuff, and it would just. Whoosh. Oh man, so many of Never. them.
3: <laughs> but like Daniel, the our our friend, they just did like a. They call it. They had a sausage party, and they ate, mm-hmm. ate a lot of sausages. But it was a, a boys' trip, <laughs> same location, and I saw a DJ at the gym, and he was like, "Man, but." like what do you do about those meat bees though and I was like <laughs> <laughs>
2: "Beats me yeah I have no idea you don't yeah you, you don't, uh you just you don't co- have any meat around it <laughs> you don't eat you go you go vegan yeah yeah I
3: guess yeah. I feel like they just don't eat meat I like they'd still come in for something yeah they're desperate Probably.
2: Dua Lipa. You know when I play my music to people who I really respect or look up to, then I hear my songs in a different perspective. Cardi
0: B.
4: I know what it feels like when you feel like everybody turn your back and like everything is because you did something wrong. Harry Styles.
0: Uh, I- like I'm falling more and more in love with with making music each time I get to do it. You know these artists for their songs, videos, and epic performances.
5: But they have so many stories beyond their fame.
0: That's what we're here to share with you on the Spout Podcast.
5: We sit down with some of the biggest names in music.
0: And along the way, our guests reveal stories that even their biggest fans may have never heard before.
5: Check out the Spout
4: Podcast to hear famous people spout off about more than what they're famous for.
0: And find out who's spouting off next wherever you get your podcast
3: thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast we really appreciate you and want to stay connected with you so please rate review and subscribe to help this podcast grow
2: and if you like the podcast get the word out and now back to the show so where do you typically have where where would people typically sting themselves oh yeah Um, does it matter
4: on the the back lower back Specifically, um, and we use the basically the super super highway of nerves along the spine, and um, you know it's a slow process of over time um, creating just a you know not ensuring that you're not too sensitive and that you build up an endurance to the bee stings. And remember, because they are proven antibacterial agents, that you know Lyme borrelia is a bacteria. So the more that you sting, the more that there'll be what's called die-off. When bacteria die off, they release all these toxins into the body. They create really, really awful symptoms um, called a Herx reaction, and it can even lead to seizures. So we want to, you know, go low and slow and just make it a really pleasant experience. And um for everyone that learns through me that I really, really make sure that they're prepped for success, that they're on the right diet, that they've already lowered inflammation, that they've gotten themselves into a really, really good headspace that they're doing daily movement, daily meditation, so that when they start, it's not, you know, starting from zero to a hundred. They're just already set up. Inflammation is already low. They're already supporting their body. And really, there should be no kind of, um, kind of blowback or roadblock from there. And you should just be able to increase the amount of things. And we always stay below 10, but, you know, I healed with about six to eight. So it really, I say, listen to your body. And that's the cool thing about the modality is you can really go at your own pace. You can't go on your own pace with antibiotics because there's antibacterial resistance. Um, with bee venom, it has this molecule called melatonin. Melaton, basically, there's a uh, bacteria doesn't have a resistance to it. It just doesn't recognize it as an invader. And what it does is that it pokes these microscopic holes into the bacterial envelope, the cell of the bacteria. And it basically nukes them from the inside because the bacteria the inside of the bacteria cells just basically leak out and it doesn't have the ability to mount this defense so um the cool thing is that the bacteria then signal oh we're dying we're dying and so whatever has burrowed into your bone and into your lymph which happens with lyme disease it's like a spiral shaped bacteria so it literally burrows into bone and lymph and brain basically it signals hey we need more in the bloodstream. It comes out, so that's why it's such a long process. Because you basically want to osmotically, in a way, get access, you know, at what is entering the bloodstream that has um, been stuck in the body, and that is why it works to eradicate, not actually just throw you into a bandaid moment of remission right. like antibiotics. How
3: how often um, do you sting? How often would you like? You said you said yeah, you, you killed- said eight to
2: ten or six to eight. I wasn't sure what that meant. Oh, so um.
4: You know, in the beginning, you sting about every other day. Sometimes take a two-day break just to, you know, have a weekend off. Yeah. Um, it depends on one sensitivity and the die-off reaction that happens with the how much Lyme bacteria they have, and also people get bit by ticks that also have viruses, or they come with they come to getting bit by a tick when they already were exposed to mononucleosis. So they'll have things like reactivated herpes, reactivated EBV. So you know, we have clients all the time that have multiple co-infections from tick-borne illnesses, not just Lyme, but things like malarial babesiosis, parasitical infection, tick-borne relapsing fever, et cetera, et cetera, then reactivated EBD and then reactivated herpes, HPV. I mean, it's just like some people are just this laundry list of issues. They're going to have to go much slower than someone who happened to get bit and their first, you know, they've learned about this. They realize antibiotics are proven not to work late stage. And they're like, that's my first place I'm going to go is bee venom. And I'm not going to mess with all this. So, you know, they they have a very different kind of pace than someone who has been sick for 10 years and has multiple co-infections. But overall, it's about three times a week with every other day kind of detoxing and making sure to support the body. Um, and then you work up to about 10 stings, but you can stay between like that six to 10 stings. And, you know, if you think about it, by the end of the week it takes about five minutes so three days so 15 minutes of work a week and then that's all that's it i mean taking pills i mean there's as you right. saw from the documentary you know carrie chulo she was literally on nine different prescriptions and 50 different supplements um plus had to like sleep on ice packs yeah. she's now on off all prescriptions for the first time since she was 13. she doesn't sleep with an ice pack she's getting ready to move cross country in with her boyfriend, leave
2: her house for the first time. Oh, this is the girl that was on it. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. I love that. I'm like, we got the inside scoop on the follow-up. Yeah. That is so cool.
4: Awesome. She's 50 pounds.
2: Wow. Yeah. She was the one that was learning to sting herself, right? (laughs)
4: Exactly. Yeah. And the thing, oh my gosh, that is so
2: cool. That is so cool.
4: If you want to you can find her at botanical bunny on instagram but you'll see she does not even look like the same person
2: wow now we're have to, we're have to i know i know i have to look her up i'm gonna look I love now. that botanical bunny botanical bunny don't do right now what were you we gonna ask her yeah. okay fine I'll <laughs> we get sidetracked okay, a lot. i was
3: gonna ask you this so you had said um okay in like a one session of someone like stinging themselves is it one sting
2: you work up
4: to, up
3: to so 10. when you said you were uh, you were doing like six you're talking about a week, but a that's but that's a uh, oh a day, a day. like Not every like a moment. A
4: yeah.
3: moment. So oh,
2: second. okay.
4: And then so for you could you could you could end up doing thirty b things a week. Certain
2: people will, other
4: people will maintain at literally five seconds for those three days. So they'll maybe get 15 seconds of venom in the beginning. It uh, mm-hmm. depends on their sensitivity, if if that's clarified. So yeah. you really, it takes time to work up. And, you know, we do things really carefully. We right. don't want this Herxheimer reaction I talked to you guys about is pretty serious. Mm-hmm. I had seizures from it myself. You don't want to overly kill off too much bacteria for your liver and your kidneys to process. Like, you right. really have so to think, like, this isn't something right.
3: I'm going to so, so, fix today or tomorrow. It's, right. it's a... You got to play the long game. And that's game. why it would
2: be so important to do something like through your, your group that is overseeing that. You don't want somebody to just hear about it and be like, I'm just going to start stinging myself.
4: Well, again, it's yeah. the accountability and having community and just not feeling alone with it. That, you know, it's hard. With, we're taught with the med, within the medical system. You feel sick, you go to your doctor, they give you a prescription, and you never question why you're taking it the side effects, and you just go, okay. We're saying question everything us. We're happy to back up everything we tell you to do. But you are now empowered. You are now accountable. You now have to, you know, dive in and listen to your body and start to really have that relationship with your body that I think we're so disengaged from in America today. You know, we're taught to diet or we're taught to work out, but we're not never taught to actually have that mind body connection become strengthened. And right now with the heel high, what we're doing is we're saying, you've got to love your body in order to heal it. You've got to listen to your body and know when too much is too much. Um, and again, because it's not antibiotics, because you can go slow, you are given that ability to basically, you know, tune in and listen, listen to what your body needs. And so we're teaching people how to, you know, get in touch with themselves in a way. Yeah.
3: That's so cool.
4: I know. I how
3: last, I have like a last question. How long were you um, consistently, uh, treating yourself,
4: I guess? I stung for a solid two and a half years.
2: Okay, so so about two and a half years, and then now you haven't had to at all for three years? No,
4: yeah. three years. Yeah. Okay. I think myself to show people, to demonstrate it. Um, I think myself if I start to feel like I'm getting the flu or a cold or about to jump on a plane. Uh-huh. You know, thing myself. I have a bee hive in my backyard, so I use it. I I um, got a really bad spider bite that gave me a staph infection. Oof. So I used it instead of going on antibiotics to um, get at the staph infection. Stop it! it. So,
2: Did you we st- have to? Yeah, we have to do. sting it? Did you sting it like right next to the? Like, what, do you know?
4: So I, got this, I got this horrible spider bite. It went into staph. Um, you know, my husband. It was like eleven o'clock at night last month, and he was just like, "We got to take you to the hospital. It's growing up your leg." And I was like, "Babe." Give me a flashlight. I to got that. She's I out there with her tweezers. Woke up the next morning. It was, yeah, it was nearly gone. I documented the whole thing. There's pictures of it. And Stop. Uh, Yeah. It's really like having a medicine cabinet in your backyard.
2: We need bees. I know. I know. I know, but I feel like there's somebody using Roundup
3: somewhere near. I had a zit on my forehead and I got, I put my head on the, on, on a, a floor at a gym and I got staff on my forehead. God. yeah because like yeah. because like you know bacteria got in through a zit and that sucked yeah it, <laughs> it totally was like sucked. it was like literally growing bigger and bigger it and bigger did. and i was like dude it you did. you need to and go I to I the doctor and i finally went to the doctor because for a while i didn't know what it was That's i remember like you that, had a
2: gunshot wound the to your next forehead.
3: there's photos of it the next morning i remember i was showering like after i was at the gym the day before i was showering and i was like uh washing my face and i was like ah, oh, why is my forehead kind of burning and I was like and I looked in the mirror and I was like what the fuck what is that and I just like let it go let it go and then finally Gina was like
2: dude dude you got to take care of that you gotta you That's gotta get right. that looked at and I was like
3: I don't know what it is
2: I just think it's a bad zit and I'm like yeah it's growing though <laughs>
3: it grew I don't think it's growing. and the thing about that is it's like uh yeah. you go and they're like here put this cream on it and and it really is like it just needs to like you know depending on how bad it is uh run its course. So I we need bees. I know.
2: So, um, I really think everyone needs bees. Yeah. <laughs> okay. When well, I find so, a new house. Oh, for sure. We're ra- raising bees. Well, um, so how can any, everybody find your, yes. like get, you know, I'm sure there's like so many people I've, I've known people before that have thought they had Lyme disease, but then they got a negative result, but then they found out that they did have it. And cause I think, is that oh, yeah. pretty common to get a negative result when you have it?
4: Most doctors don't understand follow up that even with a negative result, it's usually from the first step of the testing called ELISA, which isn't really have great doesn't have great um, high senses, like high sensitivity. Mm-hmm. So people have to normally go out of pocket to pay for more high, highly sensitive tests. Most doctors are not educated on that. so People will go years without understanding and they'll have like mounting autoimmune issues and fatigue issues. And they'll be told they have chronic fatigue or mounting food allergies, Hashimoto's, et cetera, but, you mm-hmm. know, endometriosis really, you know, the root cause is usually um, many times a tick bite or reactivated EBV from that tick bite that causes chronic fatigue. So I always recommend to people like seek out Lymedisease.org, illa, learn about Lyme, learn about how endemic it is, how, you know, they, the CDC, using CDC data, they estimate 1.9 million people in America have late stage Lyme disease right now in 2020, 1.9. Wow. the amount of people that know it is probably about two hundred thousand. I was just going to wow. say,
2: how many people actually know it? That that is terrifying.
4: It, it, no, it's insanely terrifying. They they also the CDC says that the um, failure rate of treatment with antibiotics, even if you find it in early stage, is up to twenty to thirty percent. Wow. So that is where they're getting the data from. Is that it? Just even if you catch it early, many times it just doesn't work. Right. These so people are left with just having no idea, having no hope, and they go. A massive doses of antibiotics that really if it's late stage just cause it to burrow deeper into the body and yes you might have a temporary lessening of symptoms but then six months later you get really stressed out or you get a cold and it's back and it's just this roller coaster and then it causes more autoimmune issues etc etc and with men they don't have estrogen in most men so they don't um <laughs> there's some men now it is it yeah um they don't have the same kind of symptomology that women have. So I don't know if you guys have heard like, why don't, why don't no men have Lyme disease? Like very few, I mean, Justin Bieber does, but like it just seems to be more of a female disease. Not really, it's because the estrogen basically raises histamines and then, you know.
2: So you get more symptoms?
4: Symbology. But men, because they don't have estrogen, many times they won't recognize the kind of icky joints and they'll let it go. And they're the ones that get Lewy body dementia. They've been proving that Alzheimer's, Lewy body dementia and certain types of dementia can be directly linked to Lyme disease.
0: Wow. So a
4: lot of the famous baseball player who just passed from the Mets baseball player who passed, um, he had both Lyme disease that then turned into Lewy body dementia. So we see this all the time that it's not something you want to let go. It's something you want to be aggressive about, about getting the right testing. And it's always about going to the right Lyme doctor. And um, if anyone wants to learn more, we always talk about, you know, Lyme prevention how to prevent yourself from getting tick bites you know what to spray yourself with how to check for ticks um and also everyone listening if you do get by a tick do not throw it out do not burn it tweeze it out put it into a ziplock. send it to tickreport.com or tickcheck.com because you want to know exactly what is in that tick you get your results back in 72 hours your doctor might just say oh sure that's a bullseye let's treat you for lyme disease that tick could have parasitical infections. It could have malarial infections, right? You Viral infections, you wanna know exactly what's in that tick. So yeah. Everyone listening, please share wisely. Never destroy your tick, always save it, send it away. That's like the best piece of advice I could give to any layperson listening. And ticks are everywhere. Every state, everywhere you go, there are ticks you should always check. And they can be as small as a poppy seed. So should you be one of those unfortunate ones that think you have Lyme or, you know, have had Lyme and don't know how to, you know, go about actually getting rid of it, you can go to our website, thehealhive.com. That is T-H-E-H-E-A-L-H-I-V-E, healhive.com. And you can find all the information. We do have a course coming up. It starts October 5th. We're almost fully sold out. But if anyone listens to that before then, um, know that we are still open. And um, if you two ladies want to just Explore it and learn more. Then I would love to give that to you and have you guys come on board and just check it out. Um, so know that I am we- so
2: interested. I know too. Yeah, no, I, I
3: love it. I'm well, so into it. That and we're definitely coming to Sonoma.
2: Yeah, is your so? Can people come and <laughs> visit it or? Is it the hive? Yeah, you're like, can, uh, we're not asking for your address so that a bunch of people just show up. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your address, Brooke? Uh, we're going to show up. She's as- I think what she's asking is um,
3: <laughs> since you guys aren't doing, you're, you're not hosting the retreats anymore, do you have like a storefront? Like, do people come, like, can they go to the Heel Hive
4: or? Not during the pandemic, but we hope oh, that yeah, once right. the pandemic is over, we'll be able to, you know, function more in, you know, do some sort of tour around the big cities, Europe, et cetera, you know, once it's safe again, but who knows when that's going to be. And right. so for now we are fully virtually online, but we do help our members figure out how to reach out to beekeepers, how to find beekeepers, you know, overseas. But again, beekeepers are usually a
2: really friendly bunch and they love talking bees. Clearly. Oh, yeah, I, can imagine. So, uh, <laughs> I love, I love it. Bee nerds. Okay, let's be b nerds. I, I do. <laughs> this is the thing. We're gonna act like we're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna do this, and then we're not gonna know what the hell we're doing. We're gonna take the course. Okay. All right. All right. We're gonna know because okay. we're gonna. Brooke's, okay. Brooke's gonna teach okay. us, and right. I'm gonna.
3: We're gonna give you so many years.
2: <laughs> You're gonna gain so many years on I'm your life. Gain so many years. <laughs> Wait, I just want to know: Has anyone ever been like hysterical about stinging themselves? We've
4: had some people that have had, you know, a lot of trauma, a lot of failure Mm -hmm. in terms of their modality. So they come starting fearful and just, you know, in a place that, you know, just creates a lot of fear Mm -hmm. um, to begin with. But again, we have the support structure there to help people. Um, I really, I would say probably the most extreme reaction we ever had was the one captured on the Netflix documentary, which was Carrie's, <laughs> who was just so overwhelmed by it. Right. Um, because she really right. felt that she was considering um, suicide right before the show. Oh. So she oh. was at the, at the place of saying, you know, if this doesn't work, I'm going to, you know, I, I don't want to live any longer. Yeah. So for her, she was just, it was so full of just like this has to work and mm-hmm. the nervousness with it. Now she's just like, she just posted today on her Instagram, like beautiful shot of her ate stings. things. You know, she's just rocking.
2: Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Wait, what was it? What was her thing again? Botanical, botanical bunny. But, bunny botanical yeah. bunny. I'm going to go. I'm, I'm so excited. I love hearing that. It's so cool.
4: Some embroidery of bees and. Flowers. I remember, yeah, I remember, I remember seeing that, that stuff. Doing that, yeah, on
2: the on the episode. I know. I feel like I'm starstruck right now. <laughs> 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 I'm like, look, it's Brooke.
3: <laughs> oh no, <laughs> From I see the her. bee thing. No, I see I her. Know, I know. The best part, Brooke, well, is we were
4: watching. We'll have an awesome yes. day in wine country. Yes, it's more than I love to take people around, and pretty much you know all the wine wineries have hives, so it's a good place to you know stay, drink, and.
2: I mean, the and, drinking and bees, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sold. Thank you so much. It. Thank for you For so making much. time
4: to do this.
3: We've been looking forward to it from the moment that you messaged me back.
2: I know. I, we were like sitting there and I go, messenger.
3: And I was like, hey, do you think I can maybe get on our podcast?
2: <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, do it. <laughs> <laughs> I heard. <laughs> yeah, it was so exciting. But
3: anyway, where thank you can, so much. Yeah, where can yeah. Ev- all the listeners find uh, you and the Heel Hive on like social platforms?
4: So I'm everyday expert on Instagram and we're the Heel Hive on Instagram. So it's that simple. And um, yeah, so thank you, ladies. It's such a pleasure. I feel like we have to make this trip up to Sonoma.
3: Oh, no, we're okay. doing it. Oh, no, we're doing it. We're doing it. You're not going to be able to get rid of us no. now. You're going to be like, oh, as soon as five I, clingers. As soon as I um, find a, a house. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm about Brooke's to be moving. homeless. Yeah, she's about <laughs> so to be homeless. We'll as soon as I house. find a home and uh figure that out we're coming up we'll drive we'll drive the bus okay we'll drive my 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 vw bus yes it'll be great
2: yeah
4: that sounds awesome
3: yeah all All right well we look forward to it wine and bees wine and bees yeah thank you thank you so much and we will we will stay in touch with you
2: yeah so don't ignore us when we keep calling you (laughs) I I just, you. Yeah, I really I do. we're very cleany. okay all right bye Thank yeah take Thank care you Brooke. Bye. bye dude oh, that's so cool so cool and I feel I feel like there's so many people that that don't you know a doctor does tell you like oh you have this take this or you have this take this and it just shows you that if you have so many different things going on well how terrifying is that
3: just in general because Obviously, if you have maybe you have you wouldn't even think or consider the fact that you might have Lyme disease, right? Right, and that right there can give you so many different symptoms, right? That can seem so unrelated,
2: complete, right? Exactly. That's you know what I'm saying. that
3: you go because you have this one symptom. You're like, whoa, you don't really think about, oh, I have Lyme disease. So then you go and get that one thing treated, and if that's what you're going to have treated, and you don't have any reason to be like, I think I might have Lyme disease, right? Like the doctor's not going to be the doctor's not going to be like
2: you probably have Lyme. Yeah, you probably have it. Well, what I thought was so cool is that she actually was smart enough, because so many of us wouldn't be, myself included, to recognize. Okay, these few things are happening. There must be something else going on.
3: Mm -hmm. Well, indeed, because I would have been like she got she got um,
2: bit by a tick. Right. You ever been bit by a tick? Yes, you have. Yeah, at least two or three times in my life. I have not. Yeah. No, for sure. I had a tick one time. I remember really specifically, I had a tick that had gone into the back of my neck, and we had gone on a family vacation. and what's so funny is that i didn't I didn't know it was a tick. yeah, when i it what happened is when it went into my neck, it took some hair with it. Uh-huh. So when I would brush my hair in the morning, there was a tangle every time. And I didn't tell my mom because I didn't want her to brush it out. So I finally, it was about three days later, and I went up to my mom and I said, "I have this thing that's hurting." Because then it started hurting. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I feel like it was a couple of days. I could be exaggerating. I think I was really young, like and six. And you hadn't like felt the the butt. No, I didn't feel it. I was a kid, so I'm just you know okay. brushing my own hair, you know. Yeah, and it was it was kind of at the nape of my neck, but I didn't it didn't hurt at the the site. Okay, so I just kept trying to brush my hair, and I kept feeling this thing so I went up to her and I said mom I have because then it started to hurt yeah and I didn't even put it together because I was probably six or seven and she looked and it was a big I mean that thing had just been feeding on me big old fat one she like looks at me. I just remember being like <laughs> like it was disgusting I mean I don't know if you've ever seen a tick when it's full mm-hmm. it's only in photos because no, it's disgusting I
3: was, uh I've had to pull a couple off Maggie uh-huh They've never been to a point where they're really where they, big though. Yeah. But I remember me trying to like look up ways to remove them. Mm-hmm. You see some There's gnarly, disgu- disgusting. disgusting
2: photos. Of no, ticks. it was, it was yeah. big. I would say I might be over exaggerating. No, I'm, I'm not kidding. It was like a big lump. So at, at the time, and I don't know if this is true, so don't do this if, you know, actually go to the sites that. Brooke told you to go to, to figure yeah. out how to deal with the ticks but uh, the idea was that you would light a match yeah and touch the bird its butt and it would, it would withdraw, withdraw its head or if it was burrowed in there you're supposed to turn it I think counterclockwise yeah something like that something I don't like, like that know. I watched
3: I a video one time um a guy with he had German shepherds and just where they live they get would get ticks all the uh-huh. time and so he I had watched a video on YouTube of like that's what he would do he would light a match and then, like, put it out, but mm-hmm. then, like, the heat would touch the butt and it would make the tick basically. Right. Because if
2: you just pull it off, the head can get stuck in yeah, there. Yeah. And infected and mm-hmm. yeah. all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. So, no, it was disgusting. So, yes, I've been bit. Who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe my anxiety comes from, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kidding. I'm thinking of everything I can buy. Maybe I'm getting some weight gain in my 50s because of it. Because of it. Because yeah. I got bit by a tick when I was six.
3: Maybe because you're, you're tired a lot. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm
2: an alcoholic because of for sure, yeah, for sure, for sure. Alcohol. No, I'm not making light of this. By the way, <laughs> just uh, making light of myself. But yeah, so if uh, good good information, yeah. If you if you think that, you know, you've got
3: honestly, it's so interesting shit going on. or You got so a family member
2: or whatever. So definitely much check
3: out great information mm-hmm. about. I just feel like you should you should check it out. Why not? You should just check it out. It's just going to, It for me, I feel like uh, I don't have Lyme disease. I've, from what I know, I've never been bit by a tick. Um, But knowing that mm-hmm. is empowering. Right. Like the inf- just the little information that she even gave us and like the, the studies and the things that are being, you know, it's being tested the with. Other or other things that it's helping from, with. Is incredible. Right. And so many of the things that she talked about, uh, like breast cancer. Mm-hmm. My, that runs in my family. My mom
2: just finished all of her chemo. Yeah. My,
3: mm-hmm. uh, my grandma's twins, my aunt, my great aunt, she had breast cancer. My mom, um, underwent some different, like, uh, I, I can't, I'm, not, I'm not long story short. Uh, j- if I, I can't take birth control, like, um, oral, right, because I already produced mm-hmm. and same with my mom. I produce so much estrogen anyways, that by putting more in my body, I'm basically setting myself up myself up right. for you know some like female cancers mm-hmm. and that's I mean just that right there and knowing what they're doing with right. uh, bee venom for
2: breast cancer but, it's, I, do, it's just, but I it's just it's just so much like good information I do think that it's very important so that people don't just hear something like this and go, well, forget it. I'm not going to talk to my doctor. I'm just going to go start, you know, well, no, stinging myself. No. no, I'm not saying you're saying that. But I do think that it is really important because you do hear a lot of times when there is something that is, uh, you know, more holistic modality. And that's what I loved. Like I said earlier about how, um, you know, responsible they're being with that is is they're not saying, don't go to your doctor, only do this. You know, I mean, it's, you know, we, you can pay, you know. and, you know, we're going to sell you snake oil and fix this. Then that's not what this is. And I think that that's what's really important is that um, it just seems like they're doing it responsibly and putting it out there and, you know, it's legit. Well, yeah.
3: Yeah. The reason I think that all of you should at least just uh, check it out, you know, read some of the stuff from their website is for me, when you learn about things that are being studied, that, you know, kind of have like Brooke talked about, I mean, just with like the pharmaceutical, like big pharma here, you know, like, so a lot of like holistic type stuff that you can't really control, like bees, right? Um, You wouldn't just, you're not, you wouldn't really hear about it unless you were Mm -hmm. someone who was like, like her, like in a desperate situation where nothing else is working. Right. And I feel like the the information that you can gain and the knowledge, even if it's not going to, you don't directly need that help for you specifically. But a lot of people, like she said, are going through things that they don't even realize they're they have line, They're not even diagnosed. Yeah. So just, you know, you uh, potentially could help a lot of people just by taking the time to educate yourself mm-hmm. a little bit on on this which Absolutely. is really great all right guys thanks well, for
2: listening thanks for listening God, that was a
3: good episode that was fun ah oh, we got educated you guys got educated um, eric's sleeping eric's sleeping i'm cramping
2: <laughs> yeah, i know, I know. <laughs> i'm the fidgety one today I, know. I, know. Guys... I was purposely trying not to fidget oh man i know I had to think about it Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to rate, rate, review, review, subscribe, subscribe, five-star rating, five-star warning. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Angie.